You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. All right, there's the music. That means it's time for Animal Talk. Some of the best doggone pet people on the planet, like that cat sitting across from me. I am Brian Donovan, and I just slipped and fell outside. <laughs> I'll sue the owner of this I'm building. I'm sue the owner. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's you. All right. <laughs> Never mind. The guy pushing our buttons today. Hi, uh, Matt Fox. Uh, you can call me Roz. Hey, Roz. Yeah. Roz behind the I'm crazy. Roz behind the it took us like 10 minutes to remember that earlier today. <laughs> was it? Just get the Google out. We don't know how to do it. I'm Jamie, just making sure everybody has a good time. Animal Talk, it is America's Pet Show. Helping people with their pets. That's exactly what we want to do. And uh, helping people, right? Yeah. It's an important thing. And their pets. We got a guy with us today. And that's his mission in life, is to help people. That's and, true. And uh, our guest today, Mike Morris, attorney. Mike Morris. Famous Detroit attorney. Oh, yeah. So famous. Thanks for uh, having me here, guys. Renowned. This is fun. So, Mike, uh, tell me about your childhood. (laughs) Well, I was born a poor... uh, He was born at a very young age. I'm going to reference a uh, movie from the 70s, but I'm not going to do that. So, born and raised here in Detroit. Okay. Um, Born in Detroit, actually. Grew up in Oak Park, Southfield, Farmington Hills. Right on. Um, Seven in Van Dyke. Eastside boys. Never made it to the east side, actually. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and then I went to law. I went out of state for college to the University of Arizona in Tucson. Mm-hmm. And then I came back here for law school in Detroit, University of Detroit. Titans. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that uh, took me to 1992 when I graduated law school, and I've been a practicing attorney ever since. Back then, though, Wayne State was uh, the Tartars, right? Yeah. Was yeah. It? I have no idea. I was yeah. I, my father was a tartar, I guess, when uh, he went to undergrad back yeah. in the day. But I, I, I w- I've never been a tartar. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So, but Mike, you uh, just I, I, you, you love to have fun, and, and you're helping people, and I, and I love uh, your commercials. And you actually did one, uh, just calling yourself an ambulance chaser. <laughs> you're literally chasing an ambulance. I, and it's like you picked up somebody dropped their wallet. Yep. And you were trying to help them, yep. and you're like. <laughs> Was he in the ambulance or he just happened to be the ambulance was nearby or something? Uh, no, the the ambulance was just nearby. I <laughs> yeah. picked, the guy got into a car, dropped his wallet. I picked it up. I start running after him. And an ambulance <laughs> happened to be going by at the exact same two time. Little, two little ladies at the at the, at the, at the cafe, side, sidewalk cafe going, see, look at him go, <laughs> chasing them ambulance. Videotaping me, putting it on the TV, all that nonsense. In fact – so t- I, I got I back that. from a legal conference yesterday in Miami. The yeah. National Trial Lawyers gave me an award for that commercial, <laughs> the best 30-second spot in the entire nation nice. for lawyers. Really? You guys are the first ones who I've told that to. You, you, I haven't even posted that on my Facebook. Oh, or that's congratulations. Like that. That's man. quite an accolade with <laughs> all those lawyer commercials yeah, out there. Yeah, that's breaking yeah. news. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So I'll be posting that soon. But, yeah, that was I was very uh, proud of that commercial. We just shot our new Super Bowl commercial. Oh, and uh, I do not have an exclusive to let your audience see it because okay. I'm actually seeing it tomorrow for the first time. Okay. Um, and then it's going to be on TV a week from Sunday on the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Trudy, when's it going to be on the Super Bowl? What time should people be looking for it? Before halftime. Can you lean into the microphone and say that? <laughs> She's so mad at me. Around halftime. Okay. Around halftime. Look for halftime. the 2020 Mike Morse commercial. Because there's like local allocated spots and Correct. you grabbed, grabbed one of those. Right. We did, we've done it for the last six or seven years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, excited to see it. We do. I, I host a Super Bowl party, and it's like everybody shuts up during the commercials. Yeah, well, <laughs> Nobody's paying attention to the game. Around right? halftime, look for mine. All right, for that's sure. That's awesome. But that's it. You, you like to you like to help people. You're usually um, you know helping people who've had an issue or an accident, uh, uh, some sort of problem. You, you deal a lot with neck and back injuries. So you wrote a book on neck and back injuries. I did um, through James Publishing. We have a book um, out. And it's mostly around car, motorcycle, truck, pedestrian type accidents. Um, that's 98% of my business over 30 years. Yeah. Occasionally, unfortunately, uh, kind of relevant to this show is I have dog bike cases. Yes. And that's, uh, it, it's, it's amazing the numbers in insurance companies. Well, you, you know, uh, about 10 years ago, I worked on a program with State Farm. My, yeah. my background is animal behavior. Okay. And um, they told me that their, their second or third highest claim was dog bites. Yeah. And, and the reason is with, with kids, um, it's the gift that keeps giving. I mean, mm. the, the kids, uh, they, they'll sometimes need plastic surgery. As they get older, they, need, they, they may need some reconstructive type uh, uh, surgeries, pain and suffering, all these, all mm. these things. So it was a, it was a big... Um, big area of uh, of of you know um, insurance claims is that still the case? I have I've kind of been out of it for a while, but at that time it was like something like sixteen million children get bitten by a dog every year. Yeah. Something yeah. crazy. It's it's they're really upsetting cases, and we've we've represented people with some really horrible injuries. And you know I'm a huge animal lover. Yeah, that's why I immediately said yes to you guys. I give a lot of money to the Michigan Humane Society every year. The only two dogs I've ever owned are both from the Michigan Humane Society. Um, I just interviewed Matt Pepper on my podcast recently just because I want to get the word out about the great work they're doing. Um, But these car accidents, you could argue, are are, uh, preventable and some, if not most, are. But dog bites really are. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's really the lack of care of the owner of the dog and it really – are, they really are preventable with training and the right fencing and the right leashes and the right behavioral uh, teachings. And, you know, there's lots of uh, aggressive – there's some aggressive dogs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get in this debate a lot with my girlfriend who's a pit, huge pit, pit bull fan. Mm. And 90% of my cases are with pit bulls. Mm-hmm. And so you can get jaded – a little bit because you see the same thing over and over. And her argument is, oh, it's the owners. It's the owners. These are, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's not the dog's fault. And I'm not arguing whose fault it is. All I know is I got a six-year-old who lost her nose or her yeah, ear yeah. or has a scar on right. her forehead for the rest of her life. And the the family uh, didn't have the right fencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the door, mm-hmm. which they knew opens and closes uh, with a dog pushes it they didn't fix or they walked him without a leash because they thought it'd be fine (gasps) or when the six-year-old came up at the carnival and said can i pet your dog sure no problem crunch yeah well you know so there's it's really a a, it's sad and i i really don't like those cases yeah um but we have to do a really good job but you know with uh with with these these dog bike we talk about all the time it's a perennial issue where um like you said, ninety percent pit bulls. You know, when a chihuahua bites somebody, you know it's it's usually something that uh, is not as catastrophic as a pit bull. Pit bulls are big, powerful dogs, and although they don't have any more of a propensity than any other breed to bite, when they do bite, they usually make much bigger mistakes. That's it. You know, it's a, and, it's um, a really good. Point. You know, we we read a story a couple of weeks ago. It's a tragic story. Um, a guy loses his dog in Montana somewhere. And he goes to the mailbox, and the dog's leash and collar are in the mailbox along with a note that said, um, 
he didn't suffer and I didn't enjoy killing it. Yeah. 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 So uh, the, the thing is, you know, this guy apparently had let the dog loose every night mm-hmm. and he was, he was uh, foraging through the neighbor's garbage. And the point is, and we talked about it, I mean, uh, you, you, do you kill a dog for going through your garbage? No. But the point is, whose fault? Why is that dog dead? The owner. The yeah. owner didn't keep the dog. He he thought it was okay for the for the dog to go wandering around. And people are, you know, you never know the the temperament of of, of people. He's in Montana in the sticks somewhere, and uh, the neighbor's like, yeah, no, dog's not going to go through my garbage. Uh, there was nothing the the dog owner could do because in that neck of the woods. You know, uh, stray dogs are. are that like, seems a little uh, extreme. It's, it's extreme. It's, that it seems it, a little extreme. It, oh, yeah. It's extreme, no, but, but I don't like horrendous. I don't it's like people running story. around because you see all these cases, even in yeah. Detroit, where kids, yeah. where people are killed by these dogs, oh, yeah. a pack of these dogs. I mean, to me, there's nothing more scary in my whole life than that. And those people, of course, don't have insurance. Right. The family cannot yeah. get compensation. The dogs, yeah, sure, the dogs are put down, which is uh, always a tragedy. But I mean, the owner. And the prosecutions for owners like that are so few and far between. They happen, but not a lot. So, yeah, that's what was my question. Uh, what kind of liability do you take on, personal liability, do you take on when you own a pet, owning a pet? And if, and if you own an Akita or uh, what's some other big scary dogs, right? Well, yeah, the Mastiff dogs. Mastiffs yeah, and the Pit Bulls. Uh, even German Shepherds have a little bit of a reputation. Yeah, Huskies. Yeah. So what I'm kind glad of personal you, I'm, liability yeah, do you take I'm glad you on? asked. Uh, if, your pet, <laughs> if your pet causes the death of another person, you can be guilty of involuntary manslaughter, oh. which is punishable for up to 15 years in prison or a fine of no more than $7,500. If the pet attacks and seriously injures another person, you may be guilty of a felony punishable up to four years in prison. So one's a death, one's a serious injury, and that's four years in prison with a couple thousand dollar fine. If your pet attacks and bites a person causing an injury that's not that serious, you can be guilty of a misdemeanor and go to jail for up to 90 days. So I don't see those very often right. um, at all. Um, and, you, you know, there's, other, there's a lot of monetary um, penalties. But on the civil side, that's when you can be forced to pay. In fact, there's a definitive book in Michigan that put out by the Institute of Continuing Legal Education – that's a book of all the types of torts in Michigan. I actually wrote the chapter in that book, and it, it, you can search it, and it's out there. But on the civil side, you know, you really uh, need insurance. Everybody listening who has any type of dog that possibly could bite or get out or cause damage should have good homeowner's insurance, mm-hmm. and they should be honest with their carrier that they have a dog, and you shouldn't have too many dogs that you can't take care of. And if your dog bites and you know it bites, you better – do a really good job of finding a behavioral person who could take care of it. Keep it locked up. Keep it in the house. Do not let it around people because you will be responsible. I promise you that. And if you don't have insurance, you can lose your house. You could lose your car. You can lose everything you have. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes insurance companies and even municipalities will say, you cannot own this type of dog. Or we're not going to cover you. Or, yeah, yes. Or, we're not going to cover you yeah. if you own a pit bull, if you own a Rottweiler, if you own – uh, an Akita, um, and if you have evidence that the dog is bitten before, you've had a claim before, um, and the dog wasn't put down, the insurance company could just drop you. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I, you know, in certain cities and certain areas, you find no uh, homeowners insurance. Um, but everybody listening should have homeowners insurance yeah. for for just this purpose. Do you have? It, does a person have any recourse to say, well, you know, I'm a I'm a responsible owner. Uh, is there a way to fight your insurance company to get coverage? No, <laughs> but you, you could shop Short it around. Answer. That's not where I thought you were going. Okay. Um, 
I thought, you know, you're asking me, well, are there any defenses to oh. dog bite cases? Yeah. But if that doesn't interest you, that question. No, no. <laughs> no, no. I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know where you are going. Yeah. I mean, so so if you're so... trespassing, yeah. if I come onto your property, I go into the backyard and your dog bites me, I can't sue you. Okay. Okay. If I aggravate or provoke the dog, I throw rocks at your dog, right. which I would never do. But if somebody did that um, and the dog bit you, I can't sue you. Right. Um, other than that, it's a strict negligence state, which means there's no free bite. If your dog bites yeah. someone for the first time and it's been calm and fine for 10 years, you're still responsible. So it, it's like, it's called, it, it's negligence per se, or there's no free, it's, there's a no free bite rule in Michigan. Um, but as an aside, I've never deposed anybody in the hundreds of depositions where they admitted that their dog has bitten other people. Mm. It's always the first, first bite. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and yeah, I don't yeah. know if you believe that or not, yeah. but uh, you may not want to believe that. Would yeah. any signage on your home beware of dog? You know, um, would, yeah, does would that, that work against can, – can that cut no, both ways? No. I mean that's good, but if your dog busts through your fence, jumps over your fence, uh, gets loose, no, that doesn't do anything. Okay. Right? Just I mean, I mean – if I, if I, if you invite me over for a, a, a beverage and, <laughs> uh, um, and I see that dog and I just walk in or I come in the back gate, um, and the dog doesn't know who I am and attacks me. I mean, yeah. So then you have an argument, Fair. right? Like yeah. you, Mike, you're being a dum dumb. You shouldn't have come in. He says, a, you see the sign. Mm-hmm. You've never been here before, but that's, you know, there's some gray area there, but in Michigan, your dog bites somebody, you're in trouble. Mm. And the dog's in trouble. Usually. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Is there anything you can do to protect your dog? I mean, if, if, if a tragedy had happened and your dog bit somebody and the person is like, I want that dog put down. Uh, do you have a defense for your animal? That's a very good question. Um, I, you know, I've never gotten involved in anything like that because I'm usually dealing with the victim's family. Yeah. Animal control is called. Animal control has protocols that they deal with. Um, whether or not the dog should be put down. I've never advocated for it. I've never defended somebody on it. So I actually don't know. But just um, by memory, most dogs are put down after, wow. a, after a serious bite right. because for obvious reasons. I mean, yeah. they, 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 I mean unless uh, – I guess if it was, if it was uh, someone hired me to defend them in that case, I would actually look at the history of the dog, get the vet records, talk to everybody who knows the animal and – if the defense was, let's say, a kid or somebody stepped on the dog's tail or messed with the food or something like that, you can argue that they provoked the dog. Not a great argument, uh, but you can argue it and try to convince a judge or somebody not to put down the dog. I think – I mean I th- I've, I've read some cases about it, but that's not something that I follow or – know about you know i've been an uh, expert witness in a couple of these these things and uh you know uh back in the old days jamie when i trained dogs um i did a lot of evaluations for aggressive dogs (laughs) and to to tell someone you know yeah Mm. because there are different types of aggression there are aggression that uh you know biting is part of dog language so dogs will bite they'll they'll uh but there are some aberrant behaviors as well and when you see that in the dog when you test a dog and you, you see those things to look the owner in the eye and say, you, you really should put this dog down. He's just a time bomb. Somebody's going to get hurt. Um, man, is that a tough one? It's, yeah, that it's, sounds terrible. Uh, you know, you just reminded me, the Michigan Humane Society has at least two full-time behavioral um, people on staff in Detroit because they are so concerned about letting a dog 
get adopted um, if they have these behavioral problems. So when they get dogs in off the street, one, two, three, four years old, and they they have to test these dogs because they can't mm. give a dog that's going to bite to a home. Hey, uh, that that uh, brings up a, another point. Have you ever had a situation where a dog is adopted from a humane society or a shelter and the new pet owner says, hey, you vouch for this dog and he just bit my kid? No. Nothing like that? No. I no. think these shelters and the humane society do a really good job. Yeah. I really, really do. From what I understand, uh, it's kind of a one-way trip for a pit bull when they get picked up uh, in Detroit. Yeah, uh, for the, the the Humane Society in Detroit, it's kind of a one-way trip for a pit bull. F- in, in, from what I remember historically, if they're aggressive, but no, 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 they love pit bulls <clears throat> down there. Yeah, and they are trying to rehabilitate them. They do have behavioral specialists to yeah. make sure, but yes, for sure, I don't. They don't release those numbers, or yeah. I don't know those numbers. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, if an aggressive pit bull comes in. Yeah, it could be a one-way trip, yeah. but I don't, I don't have those statistics. But you know what? Maybe it should be a one-way trip. Yeah, it's it's and it's hard. You know, we're, it's a we're a show for pet lovers, uh, and oh, it's it's a really horrible. difficult conversation yeah. to to have. I, I meant if the dog is aggressive yeah. and probably oh, yeah. going to bite somebody. Yeah. Okay, I'm not advocating pit bulls are bad. I'm not, I, I don't agree with the no. ordinances uh, banning them. But um, if there's evidence that this dog could hurt somebody, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else you do because there's no, there's, I mean, the best behavioralists can't necessarily change those dogs. No, with, no, no, with practice, can they? No, no, there's no, there are no guarantees. Right, there are no guarantees. You know, recently, uh, separate subject. Recently, um, animal cruelty has become a felony. Right, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a federal offense now. Um, has that impacted your practice at all? Are there, are, do you know of any cases that have, uh, that have, that have tested this new? This no, but Matt Pepper on my uh, on the Open Mic podcast definitely talked about that, and um, um, they advocated for it. And I have not seen any tests. That's not something that I get involved in that part of it. Um, but hopefully, it'll you know deter people. Yeah, from uh, hurting their animals. It could deter some pretty good YouTube videos too. Now, listen, um, the video with the pigeons. Somebody in in <laughs> gluing in, gluing hats on. Yeah, somebody in in Vegas was putting little red hats on pigeons. It's the funniest damn video you've ever seen. Pigeons walking through a, uh, a, a parking lot, and one of them lands with a red hat. Got a tiny little red hat. That's animal cruelty, right? Uh, that, yeah. That, that guy's in trouble, even though he's he's brought joy to millions of people. Including you, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't I seen that. I'm going, I'm going to hell for that. I'm going wow. to hell for that. What kind of show is this again? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not really sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so you had, you made a, a quick mention of a, a chapter that you wrote uh, about dog bite claims, uh, and that's the out of the the Michigan Causes Action yes. Frame Form Book. Yep. So what is that? And what what uh, is that for? That base for, for attorneys? Lo- it's for lawyers. It's for okay. lawyers teaching them how to handle a dog bite case. So okay. I literally wrote the book on it, <laughs> and uh, you can look it up. And there's a lot of a lot of stuff about different types of animals and cause of action, how to plead it right, okay. and uh, how to handle it. I've been doing it for since '92, so they asked me to write it. And I've been—I think it's been five, six, seven years. Wow. And we just updated the chapter uh, recently. So, and 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 your website where people it, getting help uh, on issues if if they've suffered a dog bite or uh, an accident of some site. That's eight five five Mike wins. You got it. Hey, there you go. Thank hey, you. Hey, Mike. Uh, what kind of responsibility or exposure do? Um, uh, the police departments have with their canine units, you know, their their dogs. I mean, there's mistakes happen sometimes. We we read about them and see them on the news from time to time. Um, what is what is their responsibility? Well, they have the same responsibility as anybody. Um, they have to you know keep keep 
the dogs uh, far enough distance and safe, but um, I've never handled a case against the police department for a dog biting uh, a person. And um, they probably have some immunity. Governmental agencies have immunity unless it's gross negligence. And so um, I've not seen it. And I think the police officers uh, and sheriffs and everybody who have uh, canines do a pretty good job of keeping them safe. I think people don't go up to those dogs and pet them. Um, And if a dog goes and attacks somebody because they're chasing them, Mm. uh, that'd be pretty uh, funny to have that person sue the police department for hurting them with the dog. So I can't remember a case in in my years uh, of doing it. doesn't mean it doesn't happen, um, but I just don't have that. Uh, you know, something that, that happens quite often. When I was a kid, I worked at a, a pet cemetery. <laughs> and um, You're funnier by the minute, bro. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> but we got a, we, we uh, had a lot of um, dogs that had to be kind of set aside, dogs that had, had died because um, of various police departments, you know, searching a home mm. or uh, going in the backyard, oh. shoot the dog, shoot the, the, the family dog. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, a police officer, you know, looking for somebody or doing doing his job yeah. looks like an intruder to a dog. And, you know, the, in, the, the police officer doesn't have a whole lot of time to, to do a lot of thinking about this. And dogs get uh, get get shot. Wow. Um, is you there... never told me this story before. This is a new one. Oh yeah, that I, that I worked at a which is kind of time. amazing because we've been hanging out for like twenty five years. <laughs> yeah. So this is yeah. uh, wow. Okay, yeah. wow. so um, uh, okay, so a uh, police officer comes over and uh, looking for somebody you know that's jumping through yards or and uh, you you let your dog out to uh, to use do his business and uh, the police shoot your dog. Um, what uh, same thing? Some sort of immunity there. C- Pets are part of the family, right? I mean, every, that's we consider them part of the family, but when you get down to the legal one and two of it, it's pets are property. I mean, you're right. I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. In Michigan, other states are becoming a little bit more cr- progressive, like yeah. Illinois, but in Michigan, uh, a dog, a cat is treated just like a couch, a, pe- a piece of furniture, uh, a painting, um, which. When I, I, I vaguely remember the 90s first reading about that and, and seeing if we could challenge that law. It's just – it makes just no sense. Yeah. And it's still the case today. Um, you know, in, in a divorce proceeding, they – certain states treat them like a family member. Mm. In Michigan, they're treated like chattel. Uh, and um, Michigan does not – recognize custody or support for pets. Um, ownership is given to one of the parties in a divorce and and they can make any decision they want without input from the other. There's not joint custody. Um, there's, and it's getting more and more contentious according to my friends who do divorce. Hmm. So it's, it's, uh, it's a problem. And so it's a problem in divorce. It's a problem in uh, you know, if somebody hurts a dog or kills a dog, mm. you know, people always call me. What about the pain and the, the, the emotional distress yeah. that I've gone through because a drunk driver killed my dog? And I want – I've always wanted to be able to sue for that emotional attachment because I know the emotional attachment. Uh, anybody with an animal knows the emotional attachment. My children would be devastated if, if, if our dog got hurt by somebody else's negligence. But you're entitled to a couple hundred bucks. 
It, it's it's horrible. Mm. The law is horrible. But you know, uh, you mentioned that the the, the laws are changing. Uh, in fact, we read a story. This was years ago, Jamie. Yeah. Where I don't know if it was a, a municipality in California or the whole state of California. They took the term uh, "pet owner." Uh, Completely out of their lexicon. It's yeah. not a pet owner. It's a pet custodian or pet, because it, the 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 relationship is changing mm. at least, you know, uh, emotionally. You know, and yeah. and I don't know. Maybe it'll bleed over to some uh, legal precedent or some legal ramification of that pet owner. You know, there's a difference between an owner, you know, being an owner and being a, a custodian or a, a right. caretaker, right? right? So, um, uh, at what point? I mean. Uh, you know, I, I, the the rights that a pet has is pretty much a custodial right, where you have, you know, they, they don't have rights of their own, like to actually that they could, uh, it could, uh, you know, implement somehow, right? I mean, how how does that work with animals? I mean, we've we've been seeing uh, even the 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 language when animals are are killed now. A lot of times you'll see language like you know the this dog was murdered, mm-hmm. not killed or dispatched. It was murdered. So there's a lot of language that's kind of. Uh, that's is sounding more and more like you know uh, animal rights gone wild. I mean, I, I don't, I, you know, it does feel like people are more compassionate and more understanding, mm-hmm. but the laws are slow to change. And I don't know in my career if I'm ever going to see the laws in Michigan change where you can, um, you know, sue for the loss of an animal. Yeah. Um, but you know, I do have some advice for your listeners if they. Um, if they're, you know, entering into a new relationship or a marriage, some things that they can do, like, do you want, you, you want to go through those? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Cause so, with, I had my, 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 for my practice wife, um, and we had a cat. <laughs> you had a cat? <laughs> practice, practice wife. wife. <laughs> yeah. My, and, and uh, uh, so when, when we, we parted ways, um, you know, Hey Cut man, the cat in half. I get the dog. So I got, I got to keep Kirby, um, and uh, but she had the right to to visit him, and we worked that into the agreement. Although that really wouldn't have held uh, legal water. You're saying is a, that a, that part of our agreement was just a, just a, an agreement on our part that wasn't a, probably legally binding. The well, cat was probably mine, and I could have told her to go away well, if I there, wanted. There's to. different factors. Right. First of all, pet nups, like a prenup, a pet nup. Pet nup. You like that? I like that. Will be enforced if it's drafted with enough detail and signed by both. Parties, okay. according to my friend Nancy Stone, okay. who's a divorce a attorney, a pet nup. You like that? Pet nup. Uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, <laughs> it's, um, a, it's gonna be a thing. You guys are gonna make I'm, it I'm viral. Gonna see if that, uh, that I'm, yeah, I'm see, see, see if that URL is available. Now that, now right. that language, <laughs> that's not the legal language because that language is, leaves a lot of uh, wiggle room, doesn't it? Enough <laughs> well, detail. Uh, what does that it, mean? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but I'll give you some things. It's worth so fighting over. I got my new license plate now. Pet nup. That's my license plate. So the pet will be given. I mean, let's say in a divorce, there's no pet nup, and you have a dog, and you both want the dog. Yeah. Okay? Right? That, you can see that happening. Oh. And let's say you agree on all the millions of dollars and the house and the children, but you can't uh, agree on Fido. Um, the pet will be given to the party the court believes should have it, but emotional attachment to it is of no concern. Some factors the court can consider when deciding, and I'm reading here from some legal precedent, is number one, whether the pet was brought into the marriage by one part or the other. You mentioned that with your cat. Mm -hmm. Which party spends the most time with the pet? Which party primarily cares for the pet? Which party is better able to care for the pet financially? Whether the pet is or has been mistreated by one of the parties? And whether any children are in the home that are attached to the Mm. pet? So I think those are all 
really interesting factors yeah. that it, your listeners could could think about. And they, you know, listen, the, if they're thinking about getting divorced, they may want to start doing some of these things more before the divorce, <laughs> so right. they can argue to the judge that they should have the animal or the hamster or the, <laughs> or the ferret uh, <laughs> over the other person. But yeah. I think. You know, when I was doing research for your for your show today, I thought that was pretty darn interesting. Yeah. Well, at least one of us did research for the show today. <laughs> you know, um, the uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a lawyer. That's what we do. <laughs> I, I mentioned the uh, the microchip company that I have. We have a, a call center, and we we get letters from lawyers on a very regular basis, yeah. where um, uh. The couple splits up. Uh-oh. And Can you help, help me find my pet? No, no, sure. no. The, the microchip registration, uh, which means nothing as far as ownership or any legal documents. Uh, um, lawyer calls, says, we want this changed. You can't have this in the, the spouse, this, the spouse's name. And people fight over it. People wow. fight over whose name the microchip is going to be enrolled under. And, um, you know, so we, you know, we pretty much tear these things up. Say, ah, more fighting going on. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the Smiths are at it again. But uh, it is a point of contention. I'll tell you that it's it's very emotional. Wow. Uh, maybe in some families, maybe as emotional as uh, the children. You know mm. that you know what to do with the kids. Right. Mm. There, there is definitely more and more fighting um, about around pets, um, and you know the best, like you know, the best way to do it is to talk. Um, ahead of time about about you know what you want to do with the the pet um and you know you could you could draw some things up you could talk about um um scheduling where the animal goes you know maybe they go with the kids back and forth um there are such things as uh, you can estate plan for your pets you could set up trusts for your pets mm-hmm. um so i mean there's lots of things that you can do i don't think a lot of Married people or even people who are dating think much about it. They get a dog, they get a cat, they don't think much about it, uh, or a horse in Trudy's case. And then you uh, you get married, which obviously they don't give much thought to that either. And then um, not the first time, and the first time, <laughs> and then and then they, they're getting divorced. And what about this dog? A seven, eight year old dog that they love. Yeah, who gets it? Uh, right. Yeah. I mean. And marriage is important. You only do it three times in your life. That's it. So you got to yeah, max out three. Three. Yeah. three, four. Yeah. You got to. It's a big consideration. I, I, know man, a couple, right? I know a couple that I won't mention that, that I think the girlfriend is staying with the boyfriend because she doesn't, because she loves a dog. Uh, I know that as a true, true case. Well, and if you use you the imagine? dog to get the girlfriend, it's your own fault. That's, that's it. All I don't, need is I'll, shop I'll tell my friend that. Pooch. All you I need is a puppy and a cheek, man. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need. You know, you, you brought up the, uh, the the trust and the estates. You know, I'm sure it doesn't happen as much in Michigan as it does, say, California. But once in a while, you hear about this, you know, reclusive millionaire who leaves like $30 million to their cat. Yeah. Oprah um, set up. We read an article about Oprah who set up like this massive trust for her dogs. For yeah. you know that yeah, if if they if she out if the and, dogs outlive her and the they dog are doesn't up. the dog doesn't even know what a Gulf Stream is. So how can they use the money? <laughs> right, it's a good set point. aside for right. them. I yeah. wonder how she travel. How once she's gone, if she's going to let the dogs travel on the on the planes that she has. Yeah, you can you can set up a trust with day to day care and and what your wishes are and type of food and shelter and exercise and vet services. And then you have a trust protector and a trustee who makes sure that all of these things are carried out. There should be number. There should be money involved yeah. uh, and put into this trust. Um, and the instructions have to be detailed and directed. And it, it's it, this is another uh, thing that I learned when I was 
uh, you know, researching for your show. Um, <laughs> pet trusts under Michigan law last until all of your pets pass 21 years old. Or I'm sorry, die or reach 21 years old, whichever uh-huh. is shorter. So while your dogs and cats easily will be taken care of for their entire lives, alternative arrangements need to be made for animals will, with longer lifespans, such as horses, yeah. turtles, parrots, parrots, turtles. Oh. Is another yeah. example. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's another weird Michigan 21 years. I just, a turtle what can be twenty one years old. old so yeller forty action years or old. Or that way, you just let the turtle just walk down the streets of Northville. <laughs> yeah, the, the turtle and, could be uh, in your family for three hundred and sixty years. Yeah. Gets I found mean, five years later, but wow. twenty one years it expires. I, I, who the heck wrote that into a law like that? Yeah. Did, that, that to me made no sense. Who, who kicks out a twenty one year old cat right. out into the street with a, with a diamond collar? Yeah, you know? get out. <laughs> You're twenty one. You're on your own. Go to college. Yeah. Get out of the house. So you you talk. You do you have a dog right now, Mike? I do. I have a sweet little dog named Jessie. She's okay. about five years old. Michigan Humane Society Rescue. Yeah. She's a terrier uh, mutt who uh, my girlfriend did uh, do DNA testing on, and uh, just because she was curious <laughs> about what percentage. And it Chihuahua turns out she's related to percent- King Tut. It's, uh, and, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and she's George part, Washington, uh, Pitbull. Oh, that's no, twenty three. That's different. She's like 15, uh, 15 pounds, oh. adorable dog, yeah. My, she's the love of our life, and uh, I'm a huge advocate for the dogs and cats of the Humane Society. I, 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 I uh, unfortunately judge the people who go out to the stores and spend thousands of dollars when these dogs and cats oh. really need. I, that may not be popular, what I just said. No. But no. Uh, I, 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 as long as there are animals that need adopting, please adopt and don't buy when those dogs and cats are all gone, go to the stores and knock yourself out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, uh, last week we interviewed uh, Wayne Pacelli, P- yep. Pacelli? Pacelli, Pacelli, yeah. the former uh, CEO of uh, Humane Society of the United States. And, um, I mean, we've been doing the show a long time. Yeah. And uh, he said there's a very active trade. Uh, up to 40,000 horses a year uh, get slaughtered. Uh, I mean, are, are given to Canada. There's, it's sold in Canada, some delicacy. Canadians are weird. Yeah. But um, – wow. Uh, what, uh, where you going, Brian? Where's their voice? Where's, who, uh, who speaks, uh, f- for them? And, and what, uh, it just seems like a shame. 40,000 horses. He said they're perfectly healthy. These are wild horses that are rounded up by the Bureau of Land Management. And they, uh, um, they're just, uh, uh, slaughtered for, uh, food, I guess. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't Who know. speaks for the Canadian horses? That's I have a... no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Can't the Mounties Canadian. use them? May... Right. Uh, right. Oh, Expand geez. the Mountie force. But my, I wanted to talk about your animal advocacy because uh, you were sponsoring a segment on one of the local news channels. It yeah. was uh, you still am? Uh, okay, channel so, four. Okay, I, I wasn't sure. Pet of the week. So yeah, you do the pet of the week. You're not there, but you just it's uh, your name's up I've there. I've been there. And, okay, I've been there. I so, go down to channel four right. and visit. They, right uh, what we do is the couple know, the, of clips I saw you were in it. But you know what? It's great. I, I didn't know this, uh, or I was naive to this. But some people want animals and can't afford the adoption fees. Right. And I wanted to bring the families or make new families come together, and I want to encourage adoption. So what we did is we said, okay, the featured animal of the week, we're going to pay the adoption fees oh. and and whatever extra fees. So they can just if they if they uh, if they're qualified, they get to take them the animal free of charge. I pay for it, and they get to, they get to increase their family and give a, a pet a home. So we're still doing it. It's okay. still on. On what days, Trudy? Is that on? Um, but Tuesdays typically is okay. a pretty standard right. day. Um, 
last year in 2019, there were 40 pets that we paid adoption fees. Oh, that's for. nice. That's awesome. So right. we, we, we do post those on our new podcast, uh, on our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. youtube.com slash Mike Morse Law Firm. We have uh, we put those out there on Tuesday so you can see the little animals. We're doing one or two podcasts a week that we're letting go on that podcast uh, channel. So I would love your listeners to check it out. You guys yeah. should check it out. Um, and we, you know, like I said, we have Matt Pepper on there recently, and you know, some other really interesting people. Yeah, yeah. Because you just you just launched a podcast. You're like what, fifteen episodes yes. in or something like yes. that? Yes, we just started in November. See, of I did 2019. a little <laughs> I did a little, very little. But, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, no, you're right. But well, you're uh, a lawyer, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it, you know what? Like you guys have been doing this forever. It's fun. Oh and yeah. Time flies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the audiences have been really nice. And we got lucky with we've had a couple uh, shows where we've had almost 200,000 downloads uh, for one episode um, because we, we, we got had got Chris Hansen. Do you remember yeah. Chris Hansen? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumping out of closets. Jumping out of closets, <laughs> catching pedophiles. That's great. Um, he does good work. And so we're having we're just having fun. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of fun. So, but it's not it's not all about the law. You, it's kind of like a, a Detroit focus and just kind of lifestyle. We had, yes, the answer is yes. We had um, we had Chief Dunlap, who's a Wayne County Sheriff, who's in charge of all the jails. We wanted to talk to him about the Epstein murder to see if that was even possible. So right, we had right. a fascinating mm. conversation. <laughs> we had a guy who's on a Stars TV show called Wrong Man. His name was Ira Todd, thirty five years on the Detroit Police Force. Um, Talking about his crazy stories, and he was charged with murder uh, uh, back twenty five, thirty years ago. And I mean, so I, it doesn't. And then I have my lawyers on to talk about certain legal things, but mm. uh, you know, that's that's exciting in its own way. But I also want to uh, just practice my interviewing skills and interview interesting people and try to get out their stories and find out why they're doing what they're doing. And so far, it's working. And I don't know what direction the show will. Uh, ultimately go but we're just we're trying to interview interesting people right now yeah and that's the thing about podcasts when you when you get started it's like what you matt and i started one called the man cave happy hour mm-hmm. and our concept to what it is now a year and a half later it's it's an entirely different animal jamie you're uh, not kidding anyone you guys just drink alcohol <laughs> well yeah yeah i have a, but I, we I've, started drinking alcohol and smoking cigars we've we've dialed it back we a dialed little that bit. back I, I've, I've watched <laughs> my I, liver brian there's <laughs> marijuana podcasts but all they do is they sit around and they smoke pot all day yeah. They talk about whatever. I mean, there's different. There's there's crazy podcasts oh, out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, we haven't we haven't gotten there yet. We're just yeah. talking in the middle of the day. It's a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. It's, but it's been fun. Mike, you had mentioned something about um, advocating for adoption of animals. What about folks that are more wanting to foster animals? What is the legality for fostering an animal for a short period of time? What should people look out for? Well, I'm sure the Michigan Humane Society, which has an avid uh, practice. Yeah. Um, they probably have rules and they probably make sure you have insurance and they probably make sure you know what you're doing. Sure. Um, they don't just give animals to anybody to foster because that's mm-hmm. a tough job. Um, I do know, I think, I think Matt mentioned this on the show, a very large percentage, I don't remember the number, of fosters keep the animal. After they foster, foster, which, foster which is yeah. pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You bring home a cute dog. You love it for six, ten weeks. You nurse it back to health. You're keeping that dog. Sure. I almost did that with an exchange student, and it, was, <laughs> it didn't go down very well. You know, the Swedish government's calling. It's crazy. All right, so, Brian, you want to show off a little bit? Uh, yeah, I guess. All right, so we're going to throw a, a behavior question to, to Brian uh, and see if you can handle it. Trudy and it's I kind of, This is this. what we do. Right, you ready? We, help, we help people with their pets. So uh, 
Do you have a tried and true? This comes from Stinky Me. Do you have a tried and true tip <laughs> other than taking the dog to the groomer or the vet for nail trimmings without all the drama? My last dog would scream like a banshee even if I touched his paw if I had the clippers anywhere near. Um, I, I've been told to, to get them accustomed to it, but it's it's just not working for me. Uh, Mozart is uh, my new dog. Mozart? Yep, Mozart. Right. Uh, I was able to start without any mishaps, but now that he's a little older, very resistant to getting the nails trimmed. I've never cut him. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can I do to make him happier? You know, this is one of the easiest things, even with cats. Yeah. You, can, you can teach a cat I to accept having his nails trimmed. Here's the problem with it. Yeah. You, you go to cut the dog's nails. What's the first thing you do? Uh, hey, help me help me hold the dog down, right? And Everybody, get, get, in the here, pillow case. get in here. Get in here. <laughs> get the pillowcase. Um, Where do you live, that, Brian? That, Where do you? That's, right, that's part of the problem okay. because uh, people bring that stress into that that whole thing. And if you know the, the dog doesn't know your language, so you can't say, "Hey, uh, why don't you calm down a second? I'm going to cut your nails. It's not going to hurt." Um, no. What do we do? We manhandle them and we try to you know mm. force force the situation. So here's what you do. It's the the process is called desensitizing. So um, if the dog is already afraid of the nail clippers, what you do is you associate the uh, – you're, you're going to change the association. So if he has a bad association with nail clippers, you show him the nail clippers and give him a treat right away. Even if it's five feet away, just show – nail clippers appear and you give him a treat. You do that enough and it changes – the association no different than the the Pavlovian experiment with the the bell and the the the, the food. So it's it's exactly the same. And all you're doing is changing that, and then you work it closer and closer. This may take you three days, maybe a ten minute session here or there, and use a treat that the dog doesn't normally get, or you mm. wouldn't normally give him, like little pieces of hot dog or something that's just really special. So you bring the clippers out, and you show him the clippers, and you give him a treat. Show him, and then work your way closer and closer to the nails. You know, and then at that point you're touching the nails. Not not holding the dog down at all. You'll be able to cut the dog's nails while he's sitting there without holding the dog at all. But you got about so, gross hot dogs though. Just a little little, <laughs> tiny, little little tiny thing. You know, years ago, years ago, I you know I I don't, I don't like needles. I don't like I don't like yeah. shots. Um, I had uh, an operation to to take some growth out of my out of my neck. Mm. A- anyways, um, when it was when it was done, the uh, the nurse came in and said, you know, here's this button. If the pain gets too bad. Hit the button and we'll come in and we'll give you a shot of something. Um, well, I said, well, I'm not going to be using that because I don't like shots. Halfway through the night, I, you know, um, <laughs> about three in the morning, she took the button away from me. She's like, <laughs> you can only do it like every 45 minutes. Because why? Because it had leverage on me. The pain uh-huh. had leverage and I was able to, and, and the, uh, the needle, even though I'm afraid of it, um, the pain going away was was stronger. So a dog will respond to the strongest stimulus in in, in the in, in immediate uh, vicinity. So if the strongest stimulus is he's afraid, nothing you do is going to work. But if the strongest stimulus is that special treat, ah. then he's going to start changing his mind as to what that that whole situation uh, means to him. Yeah. I, thought, I thought you were going to say that when the uh, nurse came in to take away the button, she started giving you little hot dog treats. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I thought that you were worked, going. That would have worked, Mike. I thought, uh, that's the ones with cheesy, I thought that's cheesy you ones. learned that trick. You were, I, I didn't understand where you were going. <laughs> All right, Mike, can we pick on you a little bit? Of course. All right, fair play. Matt, do we want to... Fact or fiction, you decide. All right, so, Mike, what we have here are three headlines ripped from the news. Two are absolutely true. One is completely false. One written by me earlier when I should have been creating papers and doing research for the show. 
Uh, all right, here we go. So three headlines. Matthew, do you have a headline there? I do. All right, throw that down. Headline number one, five bionic dogs get a new leash on life. All right. And headline number two, right? Uh, headline number two, living robots built using frog cells. Okay. And headline number three, CIA, CIA may re- resurrect spy cat and dolphin programs. All right. So three headlines, Matt. Let's uh, redo these one more time. So two are true, one is false. Yep. Headline, right. headline number one, five bionic dogs get a new leash on life. All right. Number two, living robots built using frog cells. And uh, the CIA may resurrect spy cat and dolphin programs, which is the false fact. I'm going with the uh, CIA. Ha <laughs> ha, you would... Be correct, sir. Really? Surprise, surprise. <laughs> You're a winner. That's a, How do I win? Attorney. Do I win? Uh, That's, you get uh, yeah, you all, the, win. all the I lifesavers have, you want there. That's, I actually uh, have a, uh, a, I have a joke. <laughs> it's actually an animal joke. Uh-oh. So, uh, but I was not prepared to tell a joke on your show. Can no, I do that? Yeah, actually, no. But we, before you do that, Matt's okay. got to do something. Okay. Yeah, go. I'm going to read uh, this whole five by. Oh, no, no, no. Quick. You were going to play the other thing. Oh, the other thing? Yeah. Play As in surprise, surprise, surprise? It's about that time. Oh, that time. Yeah. Oh, fun. <laughs> it's time for the bad animal joke of the week. Who's bad? Man, tell the bad animal joke of the week. I actually wrote like four, but you could, you could. Uh, that's part of the joke. He's a guest. Well, I'll tell it, and if you don't you like threw it, threw off the cadence, man. That's I, awesome. I, I, can you, uh, you could edit it. It sucks. Oh, no. <laughs> right? It all sucks. Well, I still can't. I can't hear myself, so I'm taking these off. Sure. Um, all right, let me see. I was not prepared. Ah. So so this guy's driving down the road in uh, rural Arizona, and he sees a sign uh, outside of a like kind of a garage sale area, and he says, sign says, talking dog, $5. <laughs> so he pulls into this parking lot, and uh, there's an old guy sitting uh, on a on a chair and uh, he says hey man where's that talking dog he's ah, he's out back so he goes out and he sees a, a dog he says yeah uh I, I, man are you the talking dog and the dog says yeah i'm the talking dog he said well, what are you doing here he says ah i've had a long life you know i went to college and then i worked for the uh tsa for many years and i was uh inspecting at the airport and then i I worked at the CIA for actually three years doing some spy work, and then I worked, and then I moved on, and I worked in some restaurant jobs, and now I'm here. And he said, oh, well, that, that's an interesting story. So he goes back to see the old man. He says, hey, why are you selling that talking dog for five, for five bucks? He says, that dog, that dog's a fucking liar. He never worked for the CIA. <laughs> Is that okay? Uh, that's good. That's much better than the can you average. Leap out the f word. That's, no, no, that's fine. It's, it's it's podcast. You can do that. Right? All right. So I, I had a couple. I had a couple bad jokes too. So why don't dogs uh, like to call cats as witnesses in court cases? Mm, why is that, Jamie? Cats usually end up doing perjury. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. They are bad. bad. They usually are bad. That's, that's bad. Cats are bad. All right. Why don't Mike? Dog- do you have another joke? No, I can't take another no, one. No, no. Why Why don't dogs do well as prosecuting attorneys? <laughs> What's that? Because they roll over. <laughs> uh, okay. right. So I did. I did write these myself. I normally pull them out of the internet. Boy, you did of, a deep dive to I, tie I, it into the. I did. I did. I, did. I know. I couldn't find attorney <laughs> pet jokes. So I was like, oh, "Crap! I got to write some." 
All right. Uh, why do pet owners blame the cat instead of the dog for damage in the house when they're gone? Why is that? They have probable claws. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. All right, last one. I swear this is this is. Why do dogs make bad defense attorneys? Why is that? Because when a judge throws a case out, they bring it back. <laughs> Cute. All right. That's Remind it. me off the record. We'll talk. I'll tell you. I got, a, I got a bear joke, dude, but I'm not telling the bear joke on the, All right, on the fair podcast. Enough. Fair enough. All right. That's that's going to about do it. Uh, Animal Talk Radio, animaltalkradio.com. Uh, like, subscribe, leave a comment. Mike, five, 855 Mike Wins. All right. 855 Mike Wins.com. And uh, the podcast is uh, open, open mic. Yeah. Open mic podcast.com gives you all the channels. It's audio, it's visual. Uh, please like that as well. Yeah. Subscribe it and share it. And comment if you want me to do any shows about animals or about anything else. Let me know. All right. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Mark. My pleasure. Uh, we're going to take off. Have an exotic week. Hey, and uh, kiss your wild thing for me.